Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale a business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is Cristiano Englert, a doctor, entrepreneur, founder of an accelerator and health tech business angel. Cristiano, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk a little bit more about the health tech and the whole scene. So it's an honor to be here in the Scale Up Valley podcast. Absolutely. Likewise, uh, you have a, an amazing uh, career, an amazing story in the health tech space. And uh, yeah, it's, it, you also have a passion about how doctors can become entrepreneurs and contribute to a better health tech ecosystem, uh, not only in Brazil, but uh, across the world. Um, but let's get to know more about you and for the ones who don't know you yet uh, in the community and feel free to to let us know more uh, about yourself and, and what you are doing okay well to introduce myself i am a a physician an anesthesiologist and also a, a er doctor my, my first years i i started my residency my, my training on the on the er and then after that i went to anesthesiologist and right now i still work as an anesthesiologist in a, <clears throat> one of the great uh, team here is called sunny is from Brazil. And from the past uh, 10 years, I would say, I was always an early adopter of technology. So uh, I was uh, an early adopter of those before the, the smartphones, those palm, palm pilots, once when I was in New York in a, in a rotation over there in Colombia. So uh, I saw what they were doing with the palm pilots and all that. And that really uh, inspired me you know, to, to become and to, to be an early adopter of the technology. And after that, I, I found it uh, with some other partners, an accelerator, because I really enjoyed uh, the whole thing of uh, being a mentor as a, as a doctor to health techs and also to startups. And, uh, but before that, into my, my team of anesthesiologists, we started uh, a business actually for to digitalize the, the whole uh, data for anesthesia into uh, turning paper into the iPad uh, electronic re medical record. And that was the first thing that we have done. And after that, I was introduced to the whole ecosystem of startups because I, re I was really mm, curious about what, were, what was supposed to, to do to start a startup, to start a business. And then after that, I kind of shift, you know, after this, after this business in my anesthesiologist team as a mentor, because I saw the whole difficulties, the whole challenges that everyone and every team has to start a business in healthcare. How do you need a network? How do you need to become uh, this mindset of business? How is difficult to get that into and how risk you have to take? And that's always uh, something that's contradictory because uh, as a doctor, you don't want to take risk. You have to be safe to your that's patient. And that's right. That's something that's really, really good. You have to be conservative. But on the business side, you have to take risks. You have to know people. You have to be open to the new ideas. So, uh, and then after that, well, just to, to make the story a little bit shorter, uh, I found it <clears throat> with my other partner, this accelerator. We, uh, we've, I have visited places in Silicon Valley, uh, Germany, uh, Europe, 
some medical centers, medical innovation centers. And that really inspired me to bring that to Brazil and to found this uh, accelerator that, well, the whole thing started over there. Sounds, uh, sounds amazing. So how, how you start, started to think about starting your own company or how, how, how can we help doctors to start their own companies and then uh, starting up an accelerator. Uh, and, and later on also becoming a, a business angel in the, in the ecosystem, kind of combining the investor art with the advisor art uh, and also being able to be part of those ventures and of that innovation, right? Yeah, actually at first uh, we started a fund, okay, to, to an angel okay. fund to invest in, uh, in the health tax. And uh, I started to invite some other colleagues, some, some other doctors, medicals to, to put their money and also their, their smart money, their knowledge, uh, yeah. their, their relationship with the, the market and what they could help these startups. So we started this fund. It was really uh, at a beginning, I thought uh, I had to, I always have this sentence, I had to drink uh, 200 coffees, you know, to, to get uh, 40, mm -hmm three investors, but uh, that's something that's really a, a different mindset because as a doctor, you have to, you know, uh, sell a little bit this idea or convince yeah. other people to, to come with you and invest in the, and it was really a great journey because we invested <clears throat> in six startups and two of them, we got some exits, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. One is Zen Club and that's uh, uh, entrepreneurs from Portugal. Uh, Hui and Juan, yeah. Hui is also a doctor, and they got really big during the pandemic. Uh, of course, we got an early exit with them. And after that, we got an exit also with Medroom. That's a great and one of the greatest Latin America uh, VR technology uh, startup that they do the whole education. They teach medical students and also they simulate those scenarios into the VR, into the uh, virtual reality. And it's amazing what they do. And they got bought one of the biggest education uh, companies here in the world. And uh, well, and that was a really, really great journey. And after that, we had a, a center uh, down here in the uh, our tech parks called Technopook. And, you know, it was a great journey. It is actually because I learned a lot with that. I knew a lot of people like uh, you told, uh, I'm also, I have relationships and I'll, I like to, to meet people outside of Brazil, like you, like Mike from Portugal. I've been to some events and meetings at uh, Stanford. I've been visiting some uh, accelerators at Austin during the S, the South by Southwest. Yeah. And uh, well, it's amazing, you know, to have those relationships and to have these connections because I really believe that uh, those connections that are the ones that you, you personally, you, you grow and also you can get new business from that. Absolutely. Sounds amazing. And really investing in six and having already uh, two exits. Uh, that's, that's an amazing uh, track record as a, as a business angel uh, mm -hmm. as well. And um, let's jump in, uh, in one of the topics that I know that you are the most passionate about and we understand after your uh, intro and about, uh, after you shared your story which is how can we help doctors to, you know, to get into uh, an entrepreneurial journey and adopting an entrepreneurial mindset and being part of the ecosystem, 
um, as, as a founder uh, of a health tech company. So what has been some of your conclusions, uh, some of your thoughts about that? Well, the first thing that I, that I actually talked to my colleagues and other doctors, and also I am a speaker and uh, I like to, to share this knowledge, everything that I learned and I'm still learning. Uh, I believe that you have to go outside of your hospital, of your box, you know, of your as an anesthesiologist outside of the operating room and, uh, and try to know other people or try to know other markets and go to other events related to business, to innovation, to tech, uh, to learn other, you know, get to know with other courses. Uh, because I think that learning is something that sometimes in the me uh, medical field, we're very focused and that's good, you know, on the technical, technical part. Yeah. We're focused on, on to know the, the next technology, the next medicine, the next uh, procedure that we're, we're able to, to learn, and that's excellent. But sometimes we kind of forget how to innovate, how to solve the problems, how to learn the soft skills. So uh, I believe that <clears throat> as a doctor, uh, as also a professional, the, the new doctors will be the ones that are into the tech, the AI, the digital health, how to learn more about the soft skills. So I think for to start and to start a new business, that's something that a lot of people ask me, how, how can I start? I have an idea. How can I start that? How can I start this new business? First, you have to execute. First, you have to, to bring people uh, close to you that can help you with that. So uh, I believe it's changing this mindset to learning other things besides medicine, besides the, the whole technical part that will open your mind to those new things and to start a new business, perhaps. Right. And really combining those three axes, kind of medicine plus tech plus business, that's also, even for the ones who come um, from a background that is not a doctor background, uh, it's also a, a challenge. So they need to be able to ensure that uh, there is a quality of the protocol of the health treatments. Uh, they understand the business. They also understand the role of technology on building the business and improving the ex experience of the patient. So that's that's a complex uh, puzzle, let's say, to solve in order to build a business in, in health tech, but at the same time, very fulfilling um, because we, we can see the impact that we have in, in, in the lives of uh, millions of people, right? So if, if we make it successful uh, and the purpose, the why is also um, super strong. Exactly. And just to um, just interrupt you a little bit, yeah. sorry, Mike, but I think that's the... The purpose, our mission, I believe that treat each patient and I really enjoy being a doctor, being a physiologist to have each day, you know, going to the OR, uh, going to a surgery and calm the patient and it's, uh, relieve their pain and going through the whole process of a surgery that's really, really complex. But also to be a, a health tech angel, to help other entrepreneurs, to also be an entrepreneur, I think you can impact much more people you can impact uh, you can impact the health the whole health tech system the whole healthcare system so uh bringing those solutions those innovations uh connecting the dots you know i think it's amazing so it's something that it's uh, it's go it goes along with your medical career but it's always something that really 
uh, moves myself every day, you know, to have this purpose, the why, like you said, like Simon Sinek, you know, right. always said, it's something that's really uh, a very good journey, you know, to be in this part. Absolutely. And uh, I was listening to a podcast, by the way, today, uh, preparing for uh, an upcoming guest uh, from Dr. Anywhere, uh, uh, a scale up in, in Singapore, uh, conquering the Southeast Asia uh, region. And he was telling that um, uh, healthcare is the second least disrupted uh, sector in the world. Uh, so where we have more opportunities in terms of innovation after aviation. And it makes sense because of course we need to be careful in this kind of uh, sectors because some mistakes can mean life or death. Uh, but the good news is there is a lot to do uh, in healthcare uh, and a lot of opportunities for, for innovation. Uh, and also what he was talking about, especially in, in specific regions, uh, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are small things, uh, just improving the experience uh, can already uh, make the experience jump into, into another level. So that's why I, I jump into, the, into our next uh, topic for, um, of, of our conversation, which is um, what are you seeing? What's next? What are the trends that you are seeing in the market? What are you excited about uh, in terms of the, in the health tech ecosystem? Perfect. Uh, I really think that, yes, you're, you're right. You know, the healthcare is uh, the least and maybe, but not the last, I, I believe, uh, <laughs> markets to be disrupted, you know, by the new tax. Because <laughs> it's, a, it's a sea of opportunities, you know, like I said, to, to improve the patient experience. And we have a lot to learn with the big tax. I always say, the way, if you go into an Apple store, you can't get out of there with a... Uh, with a device because the, the experience in, into an Apple store is amazing. You know, if you go into the, the Amazon, to the website and buy something, it's really, really amazing. How can you get that, those things into the healthcare? How can you transform healthcare? How can you transform the experience more tech and also more human? So uh, Eric Topol, it's a famous cardiologist and he, and he says, and he also wrote a book called Deep, I believe, um, I forgot the name. Uh, it's it's about the AI and the whole revol the whole revolution that AI will bring to the doctors. So he believes that AI is not going to substitute the the human touch, the medical doctor, but it's gonna is gonna improve our way to make better decisions. It's gonna the whole paperwork, the whole bureaucracy work that we do that can be automatized. I believe that AI can work with us from that. So I'm really, really excited about AI, how it can, uh, of course, with, uh, with a little bit cautious about it, because uh, uh, nice. sometimes I have to, in, in science, in medical, we have to validate all that and we have some previous cases on that. So I believe that AI is a very, very nice trend that we are aiming, it was gonna help doctors to improve this human side because sometimes you have to work a lot and uh, doing those papers, you know, doing the, the digital, the electronical uh, records, that's kind of, it takes your time. It takes time from your patient also. So this whole thing, uh, AI, I believe also genomics is gonna be a great, great field into the biotech genomics. But of course, it's something that we have to understand more about ethics. Everybody, does everybody wanna know uh, if you would have a chance or have a cancer, 
uh, colon cancer, of course, it's important. Of course, it's, you have to do this, have to do prevention. But also, how can you work this mind after, you know, a whole bunch of possible diagnosis? So it's really, uh, it's very uh, exciting, but also you have to, to question yourself, how, uh, how much do you want that? Uh, and third, I believe that the whole digital health, you know, I've been seeing a lot of startups, like I said, uh, once Nutrix, you know, from entrepreneur of Switzerland, she's working also in accelerator of Chile, but they are with this device and can measure uh, cortisol, can measure glucose into the saliva. It's really, really new. It's a, it's a very amazing device and whole platform. I've been seeing those startups, mental health startups, even using AI like Wubot from Andrew and G that it helps postpartum depression with a chatbot, with an AI algorithm that helps patients. And you can increase, you can dispose that for a lot, a lot of other patients that don't, they don't have access to psychotherapists and they are already approved by FDA. So I think uh, those are the, the topics that inspire me, you know, the digital health, the whole uh, genomics and uh, AI. And of course, medical devices are, are growing a lot. You have uh, echocardiograms by, by your palm of your hand. And uh, well, it's amazing, this whole revolution and how it can improve the patient experience, the process into the hospitals, the, the pharmaceuticals companies, this whole uh, ecosystem is going to be changed by the way tech is doing right now exactly and, and how do you see the the role of the incumbents or, or the large players in in the healthcare market like the hospitals the big pharmas and and so on and i know that's a certain time when when this all started they became a little bit defensive i think that they now are much more active and being part and trying to collaborate with startups and also understanding that sometimes it's easy for innovation to come from outside than to create innovation uh, inside, or at least combine both sources of, uh, of innovation. And also given your, your experience with, with Accelerator, et cetera, but also with, with the startups being able to, you know, go B2C, but a lot of them going B2B and need, needing to partner with those large players. What are your thoughts on, on, on how it is progressing and what, what is their role and their reaction to innovation? Yeah, since I've been in this, in this health tech market from the early days, five, six days, uh, years ago, and uh, it was a different setup, at least here in Brazil, in Latin America. Uh, I believe that, yeah, the vision of those companies are, are changing, you know, because to be paid and to, to work only with the revenue from the patients, from the procedures, it's something that's sometimes gonna end. You know, it's the fee-for-service payment. You have to go from the fee-for-value payment that brings more value to the patient. How can you introduce that? And that's a whole discussion on the, on the healthcare insurance companies, the health, uh, the hospitals and the whole ecosystem is changing right now from that. And uh, to, but to, to make that, you have to have more data, you have to have more innovation, you have to bring tech into these companies. So of course the hospitals are changing a lot because they are, they are embracing much more the innovation, the startups relationship 
And we saw that in our accelerator, by the way, it's called Grow Plus and also the Health Plus, of course, and in transition to another business right now to be, be more than as an advisor, as a, a health tech uh, advisor of those startups. But I believe when we did that, that this connection between hospital and startups, it's really uh, incredible. It's difficult because you have to put uh, another thing into the process of assistance in the hospital that's already very complex. So it's not that easy to, to go to do this soft landing of a startup inside of a hospital. It's really demanding. And uh, the entrepreneur sometimes gets really, um, it's a kind of relationships kind of fuzzy, but I believe that at the end, it's a very, very win-win uh, to both. Uh, the big pharma also are changed because they are relying, they are seeing that their own business of producing new medicines, producing new drugs, Sometimes you have to produce new service. You have to, to put this whole journey of the patient and to, to put this process at digital. So they are also uh, looking for startups, looking for the next big thing, you know, because it sometimes take years, 10, 15 years to develop a new drug. So how can you come up with new revenue models, come up with new uh, digital models to embrace this whole journey? So yes, those incumbents, those the whole ecosystem, even the medical um, universities, the medical centers are also uh, trying to see another way of to educate the medical doctors, the new doctors to this digital mindset. So yes, I I I've, I, uh, I saw five years ago, and I believe that right now uh, we are in this growing process of this changing mindset that everyone's everyone uh, wants to innovate. Sometimes there's a know-how, sometimes this is a tricky point, but to change this mindset is the first thing. And the next thing is, of course, and also the volume of venture capital investing in healthcare. Even right now on this winter of the startups, you know, uh, they, are, they are healthcare in some market that's always been very attractive because it impacts a lot of millions of people. Yeah. Um, do you have any considerations about the Brazilian ecosystem and uh, also the Latin ecosystem in terms of health tech? How, how is it evolving? What is there any areas that you are more uh, excited about uh, at the moment? Well, the Brazilian ecosystem, Brazil is uh, one of the greatest markets in the world. You know, we have more than 200 million population and uh, in healthcare. Uh, even here in my state, here in Sul, in Porto Alegre, it's uh, a very healthcare center. Uh, uh, we have two or three best hospitals in Latin America. And uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the whole Brazil, you know, Sao Paulo, have one of the best, two or three best hospitals in the world. So, yeah, it's a very, very good scenario for healthcare. Uh, <clears throat> we have a great public system, but of course, with the with these difficulties, especially. Um, Difficulty in funding, but uh, it's a it's a system, public system for everyone. Uh, and also the the private markets really is not as big as as um, as US or or even Europe perhaps, but it's a very big market itself. And the tech part, uh, the VCs uh, are starting to look into the Latin America, and also we are we are building here uh, startups there thinking globally you know that they want to to reach other scenarios want to reach other markets so yeah it's i think it's a very good moment 
and also hospitals. We have uh, tech centers. We have those like Kubo at Sao Paulo. We have a, a great hospitals called Albert Einstein here in Rio do Sul, Oftalmoid Ventura and Mãe de Deus and Santa Casa are great hospitals that are working also with the research uh, during the, also with the innovation part. And uh, I believe it's a really, really growing market into the healthcare business. That's uh, that's really amazing. And, and we see that, um, you know, U.S. startups try to scale uh, through uh, the U.S. and the, the U.S. is um, enough in terms of it's such a large market that it's possible to go to IPO without leaving uh, the U.S. And we have a lot of examples on, on that. Um, I feel that Southeast Asia is also very focused on, on scaling and becoming um, leaders in the region. We see also what you were saying, the majority of the uh, entrepreneurs in LATAM try also to be regional leaders uh, in, in that space. Europe is a little bit uh, different in, in the way that um, the majority try to jump into, into the US to, to scale up at a certain point. Uh, because we know that the cultures are so different and the regulations and so on, that it's, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time, which is something that if we want to have a VC-backed company, you have less than a decade uh, to build an irregular business. So it, uh, time is, and speed is also an important factor um, uh, in that sense. But you still think that there is space for um, Brazilian entrepreneurs and Latin-based entrepreneurs to, to think global and to connect with other apps. Um, what are your thoughts about it? What, what are you also working or, or building in order to help that and facilitate that to happen? Yeah, that's an excellent point. Uh, I believe that sometimes when you, you focus so much on your local market, it's good because you can grow fast. It's good because you can, uh, you know, share all those products and service with your partners in the same language, but you can lose so much because I've been uh, doing this research and I've been connecting also as a frequent, frequent uh, travel. I, I like to travel a lot. I like to know a lot about other countries and I've been doing that from the past years. And right now I've been, uh, focusing on this new platform that connects, you know, all those healthcare hubs. And uh, I believe that's a really, really win-win game because you can learn much more what's happening at Florida, what's happening at Los Angeles, what's happening at Texas Medical Center, what's happening in Europe. And you can inspire other people. You can also uh, bring perhaps startups that are really, really great in US to Brazil, uh, or Europe to Brazil or the other side. You can bring our startups here from Brazil that want to, to launch their products. Why not in the US? Why not in Europe? So uh, you don't, you can't just focus on your local market. And you, you, you have, of course, at first you'll do that, but why not we can uh, bring those whole hubs together, you know, those business and, and create more opportunities. And in the healthcare, I believe that's really, really amazing because we've been doing that from the past 10 years, you know, into the research, into the tech uh, space, you know, inspired by the, those hubs, but how you can really collaborate and bring those things into the practical part to inspire innovation and also to connect and perhaps 
join a little bit more and gain more scale through that. And uh, what we add, uh, we will release soon uh, an episode with um, Fernando, the founder of uh, and CEO of Alinea Elf. Uh, and, uh, and this is a good example of what you are talking about in the way that uh, some of the business angels um, of, of Fernando have built the kind of the benchmark that he is building in, in, in Brazil in the US. So having a business schedule that has been go gone through building a business and scaling a business that you are trying to build in the new region, of course, you will need to adapt and uh, understand, understand the local market. But anyway, just having a, anyone who understands the industry and who has been through the journey, uh, it helps a lot. And this is the kind of connection between ecosystems that can help. And something that I'm seeing with some funds in Brazil, it, it's something amazing, which is uh, it's okay for the Brazilian leader or the Brazilian player to speak with the US player, with the European player, uh, and they are not trying to attack each other, but just trying to exchange experiences and help each other to grow um, even more. Of course, if, if, we, if we come into a moment that there is competition, we need to, of course, to be respectable and to be honest with, uh, with each other. But I think there is still a lot of um, opportunities for collaboration in that sense, uh, because especially in the, in the initial stages of the company, right? Until series A, series B, uh, it is very difficult to have enough capital to, to go into uh, another regions, let's say. So it's, it's possible to be in other countries in, within the same region, but it might be, a, a, we might lose focus if we try to be um, everywhere, let's say. And, uh, and we know that focus is critical to, in terms of starting up and in terms of uh, scaling up. Yeah, it's actually you 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 reached a, a perfect point to, to focus, you know, and uh, this whole connection. Uh, yes, we're inspired for with a lot of benchmarks, examples from from US, from Europe, even here in Latin America. But uh, how you can connect those? How you can transform this inspiration, this uh, this whole awareness into real business? You know, into yeah. advising, like you said, advising uh, startups. Why not? I started from Brazil, have advisors from US, from Europe, and uh, exactly. I think it's a, it's a learning process. And vice versa. Yeah, and vice versa, of course, of course, because uh, uh, we consider ourselves here in Brazil very, a very entrepreneur uh, people and creative. Yep. Uh, I don't, uh, we have a very, very good technical and uh, we are very rich in this part of, you know, as human feelings, we are creative about music, arts so i believe that also brazil has a lot to to inspire and and also to connect with those startups uh, outside of our market here absolutely uh, that's that's a, uh, definitely a a great point uh, and i can see and, and we we are seeing also that um, especially the Iberian scale-ups are super interested in scaling up uh, across LATAM and we have a lot of examples. I think it's working uh, better still for Spanish scale-ups uh, going into um, uh, the Spanish-speaking LATAM uh, countries. I think that Brazil is also very well respected from uh, an Iberian and European standpoint as being the largest market in the region and where there is 
uh, a, a very strong opportunity, but at the same time with a lot of respect because we, we really need to be able to localize, to have local advisors, to have local people understand the market. So if not, it's it's very difficult to, um, to get into, into the market and to be able to build a big player there. Of course, you, you are with an exception, for instance, that's uh, two Portuguese entrepreneurs with Zen Club, which were able uh, to move uh, to Brazil and, and, and create a, an amazing mental health uh, player uh, across Brazil. But uh, definitely a lot of opportunity uh, here. Is there, before we, we move into the last segment of the show, um, is there any other tips that you have been observing across uh, health tech founders or best practices in terms of, you know, fundraising, company building, culture, uh, founder trades? So any other tips or, or, or lessons learned uh, advising other founders? Well, um, we don't have the those crystal balls, you know, the, the way <laughs> to, to do it right. <laughs> uh, I think that sometimes uh, the healthcare we start, you know, oh, aiming the the B two C market, you know, to help a lot of people, and that's really amazing this purpose. But uh, I also believe that the B two B markets really. That's something that can grow your company faster because you can get better revenues. You can uh, reach uh, a lot more people so it's a, it's a tricky point because you have a lot of startups that aim to the b2c but have to invest a lot of marketing and startups that aim to the b2b but they kind of it's this is low process of selling you know it's a low process of getting this revenue so you have to to get this market fit of your product how how it how much it will go into the b2c into the b2b and how you can get through and validate this this product as market fit. I think it's really really important in healthcare. You have to validate as a research, as a scientific thing. That's really important because you don't have to. You can't scale with a product that doesn't work. That perhaps can make it can uh, doesn't make better for for people. So in healthcare, you have to be conservative exactly. on that. You have to validate your product. Uh, if it's a digital product, you have to do and follow also those rules in each country you know fda and visa here in brazil and um, so you have to get this thing done you know and after that go sell because you have to, even if a service is a product and to sell is something that's sometimes for a doctor or for healthcare people it's not that easy you know because you don't have that on your on your day-to-day -day right uh, that's why that's why sometimes the best healthcare startups are not the ones that have doctors that have people that are into the healthcare market because they're not used <laughs> to do that. So are people that comes from other markets that are used to, to do the selling, the whole business thing, and they get really good into the healthcare market. So it's, uh, well, those three things. You have to validate your products uh, from business side and also from the scientific side. You have to get revenue, of course, because only get the investor money, only get the venture capital can put yourself in a bubble if you don't have a product that sells you don't have a product that's useful for the people it's useful for the patient or right. even or for the hospital or the client it's not going to work uh, so you have to worry with that before getting the funded I, I think it's a real rush oh i have to have funded i have to go to the series a b and c uh, right. at least at, at the first part but why don't you worry 
with your product to really have a good service, to really have a good uh, <clears throat> market fit, a product that can help your patient, help your client, even if it's a hospital or a, a healthcare insurance plant or any other space. I think that's the first thing you have to do deal with and to think of. Kind of the the basics, the fundamentals, right? The NPS, yes. patient outcomes, uh, and of course the unit economics, understanding the the CAC, the LTV, the channels that might work. So how we acquire new new patients, uh, and at the certain at the same time, uh, in this kind of models, there is also the the doctor and even in, in some models the health coach or other professionals or healthcare professionals how, how do we attract and how, how do we ensure that we have a better position for both sides of the marketplace depending on what is the business model that we are talking about of course it's it, it, it differs from company to company yeah and when i say doctors i, I i'm all I'm generalizing also to uh, the, the other healthcare professionals you know physiotherapists right. nutritional uh, uh nurse you know all kinds of healthcare professionals that wants to to, to go into this entrepreneurial set and to, to found a company. You have to, to, hold, to, to take out those, those whole playbooks, you know, for, for to start a good uh, company. And also you, you reached a very, very important point to get better patient outcomes. How we can do that? You know, how we can improve the patient's health. That's something that's our, our own health also. That's something that's really uh, should be the focus for each health tech. Awesome, great reflection. And we come into the moment of the show where I ask a quick uh, question and uh, you give me please a, a, a brief answer. So the first three will be very self-reflective uh, questions and the, and, and the second three would be much more resources to share with the community. So if you would have the opportunity to meet yourself at the beginning of your journey, uh, becoming more uh, an angel, more an ecosystem player, uh, more a founder uh, and uh, in complementing your doctor at, let's say, what advice would you offer to your younger self at the time? Uh, take more risk, but also, <laughs> but also uh, get good people around you, you know, uh, and also to take risk, but to be more smart about that or just don't go and and throw yourself into the sea without help without other people a mentorship uh, even to the legal advice or any kind of other advice but uh, sometimes it's hard you know as a doctor to to get those risks and to to go and found something and also to go to this entrepreneurial whole world but i believe that it's um What's the word in English? Well, you have to balance all those things. Right. What are you the most proud of on your, your journey so far? Well, like I said, I think to, to have, I'm proud of the startups that we have invested. I'm proud of the company that I have invested in, the, that I have created in the, the past years. I'm proud of the next thing that I'm creating. Uh, I'm proud of sharing knowledge and also being a professor at MBA here and to share knowledge with other 
healthcare professionals, other people that want to learn about more, more about that. So, uh, and of course, I'm really proud of, of the, the career that I have changed myself because the, the, the thing that really sticks with you is your mindset, you know, to being able to, to challenge yourself, to be able to be learning all the time, like I'm doing, I'm going to, to Berkeley to do a, a venture capital a program just to, to learn more and to see how we can improve ourselves. Uh, I like to, to be as an advisor. And that's something that really wakes me up every day, you know, to know other people. I'm proud of having this relationship, these networks, that it really is something that, you know, to have this human human connection is the best thing that you have on the end of the day. Amazing. Worst advice ever received? Worst advice is, oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you're being crazy. This is not going to work. I think that's, uh, it's not an advice, but of course, sometimes you have to take care, you know, to balance a yourself. Classic. But uh, it's a classic, yeah. But, but that, that's a good classic that all entrepreneurs need to go through uh, or all the innovators need even to go through in order to, to build something new. Uh, also, as I like to say, there is no failure. There is only learning uh, to learn a lot until we finally succeed. Uh, and again, success is temporary uh, because there is another <laughs> lesson. It's a cycle, the way. exactly. It's a cycle. <laughs> I, have to, I think you, it's temporary. Sometimes you're on the, the upside, sometimes you're on the downside, but you have to, to face that as a cycle, you know, we and you also have to change your cycle. That's something that's uh, it's amazing, you know, and uh, it brings you up again. It's all, always feedback. Uh, favorite book? Can I sit uh, two? Oh, yeah. I have one. It's Zero to One from yeah. Peter Thiel. It's a, an early investor. And so I think it's, uh, it's kind of a, it's a playbook, you know, for the new business. I also like principles from Ray Dalio oh, yeah. because it talks a lot about the human side. It talks a lot about what are your principles to, to gain, you know, uh, better things and help. So those are two books that I really enjoy reading and reading again. Great ones. Favorite movie or, or series, if you prefer. Well, I've been watching two series from as an entrepreneurial side. One is the Super Pumped, you know, from the Uber. And uh, it's really, uh, it's amazing, the whole story, but how you can lose yourself in this, during this process sometimes. Right. I have watched the, the Terranos series, The Dropout. Uh -huh. It's also, it's, it uh, touched that point, how you can, you have to validate your product uh, especially into the to the science field, you know, have to right. validate that. And so are the, the latest series that I have watched. Right. I really enjoyed the way you phrased it even before in the podcasts to validate the scientific component of the product and um, the technological or the business side uh, of, uh, of the product. Very important in, in healthcare. And also an, an old series, of course, everybody knows it's Mad Men. You know, Mad Men, I think it really stimulates you, the creative side, those advertising uh, people and how they can embrace those, the other side of the business. So I think it's a series from the past that's really interesting also. And you have a, a little bit human touch, philosophical touch. It's a, a more old series, but it's a classical. 
that's and finally your favorite podcast excluding this one oh of course scale up valley it's really amazing especially well, after I, christian <laughs> i really like uh, the one is acquired you know from two vcs from seattle okay and acquired they they put the whole entrepreneurial side and they kind of they tell into the really details how a, a great company grew, how a, uh, how a great company started their business. Of course, a little bit long, one hour, an hour and a half, two hours sometimes, but they go into the, the VC world, they go into the, the greatest companies, and I think it's a very, very good talk about that. Uh, I, also enjoy, I also enjoy some, some of course, some Brazilian podcasts here. Uh, one's called Astella Playbook. They are two also venture capitalists that <clears throat> talk about their uh, business, uh, investing, and interview interesting people. I also like Adam Grant. Uh, it's right. a, a, a psychologist from, from Harvard. Uh, he go into the, the personal side. And I think that the name of the podcast is uh, Life Balance, I believe. So it's a, it's a really good podcast from Adam Grant. Love it. Cristiano, it was really a pleasure to have you on the show and uh, you are more than welcome to come to uh, future episodes to keep sharing your journey, uh, helping others to, to start up and scale up, especially uh, healthcare professionals, given your, uh, your why, your, your purpose. Thanks so much for making the time and for being with us today. Oh, it's, a, it's an hour again, like I said, and thank you and for the whole audience. You can reach me out on LinkedIn and uh, we can share, you know, some uh, knowledge, you know, share the, the newest trends. And it's also very good to know, to know other people and know how to connect that. So thank you again for your opportunity, Mike. And it was a great episode. Thank you. And to our community, as you see, we keep bringing you the best of the best and always uh, a multicultural perspective about the tech ecosystem in different regions across the world. Uh, let time US, Europe, Southeast Asia, Asia in general, uh, Africa, we need to improve on the coverage, we know. Uh, but we, we try to give you all the angles in order to understand what the best are doing uh, out there uh, so we can all together uh, be able to, to do a larger impact. See you soon and keep scaling. Mm -hmm.